0: and approved by the O5 Council for release to trusted associates of the Foundation. This is SCP Unredacted. You think I look okay? Sheldon spread his arms to the two pairs of fiends in front of him. He wore his best double-breasted suit and festive ice-blue bow tie to work that day in anticipation of this. Have to say, it's been a while since I've been this kind of nervous. I think you look just fine. Absolutely adorable, Astia said, as she leaned down to pat Sheldon's back supportively. Et me, Capula. There's no reason to worry. If someone so much as harms a hair on your mortal head, I will personally tear the tongues from their throats and hang them with it. She smiled sweetly and rubbed small comforting circles on Sheldon's upper back. Sheldon blinked. Was… that meant to be figurative? Astia's smile deepened and Sheldon could not help but notice just how menacingly sharp her claws felt and the Solus Deus Ignosket" tattoo on her chest. Only God forgives. That won't be necessary. Morningstar assured, as he finished running a final check on a rifle he knitted for CQB assignments. I've looked through the reservation list for potential threats, mapped out the entire restaurant, and made several exit strategies. Morningstar folded his rifle and stored it, along with several magazines, in the shoulder rig holster that he kept hidden under his jacket. Adrian smirked. Did you also check the waiting staff's dental records to see if they're hiding a mini-nuke and a false tooth? Yes. There was a pregnant pause as Adrian stared at Morningstar's face. That was a joke, big guy. Oh. Primrose sighed. Star, Astia, thank you. Between the four of us and Anseal, I very much doubt there's anyone stupid and powerful enough to attempt something and pose a significant threat. Primrose adjusted the ruffs of fur on her head with careful precision. She looked over her outfit one last time to make sure it was all in perfect order. Besides, we will be located in one of the safest circles in all of hell to dine in Greed's most prestigious restaurant, on a holiday no less. She turned to look at her smaller human colleague, Sheldon. You will be completely safe i promise you uh thanks glad to know i'm in good hands sheldon chuckled secretly more nervous than before adrian took a careful look at sheldon to see what was really going on y'all i don't think that's what he was talking about they turned in their chair to face him buddy i'm positive that this is going to go well you're a good looking guy You got a high-class demon like Ansel seduced, and you weren't even trying. I'd put money on this working out. Thanks, Adrian, Sheldon smiled. I'm also nervous about just seeing him. This would be the first time in years we've seen each other. I just, I don't want this to end badly. I know, buddy, but I'm telling you, you got this. Just be yourself. You got this far doing that, right? Sheldon sighed and released the tension in his shoulders he didn't know he was holding. Yeah, you're right. I think I'm ready. Maybe a few glasses of wine will have us feeling ourselves. That's the spirit. Adrian clapped their hands together and stood up. Let's get this show on the road. Agreed. Primrose took that as her cue to open a portal to hell in the middle of the Foundation break room. She closed her eyes, and summoned her trident Bloodrose and all its spiked glory. She held it tightly as it pulsed and perforated her hand. Blood pooled on the ground as Primrose's eyes shot open and glowed a solid bright red. She opened her mouth and began chanting in a language that, to Sheldon Katz, sounded like a whale being murdered with a chainsaw, but in reverse. Primrose levitated slightly and thumbed Blood Rose's hilt against the linoleum floor. Within moments, the blood that pooled on the ground shot forward and extended up in a neat right angle. It split neatly into two and tore a hole from the living worlds straight down into hell. It stood, opaque and shimmering in the break room. Sheldon felt his heart racing. Despite all his years in tactical theology, he had never actually been to hell in person. Once he learned hell was real, he often wondered if he'd end up there at the end of his life, condemned for his occupation with the Foundation, for cavorting and dealing with demons. He wondered if it was exactly as Dante had described, or if it was incomprehensibly worse than any mortal could ever imagine. Yet, standing in front of the portal now, all he could think about was whether or not Anseal would find his bowtie charming, and what his first words to him would be. Oh, Sheldon, before you go, said Primrose, as she finally snapped out of her trance, you will need a few incantations done on you. We would not want you to return with a mutation or demonic corruption from prolonged exposure to intense concentrations of TRE, would we? Ah," said Quid. He would look so cute with horns and hooves, Astia protested. No, thank you. I'll take the spells, thanks. Sheldon quickly accepted the protections Prim offered. He was afraid that Primrose would begin levitating and chanting in the whale torture language again. Thankfully, all she did was a few bloody hand gestures in a sequence and a strange scrawled symbol appeared above Sheldon's head before quickly disappearing. That should last a few days, let alone one night. Let us have a fun dinner. Primrose smiled and stood next to the Hellgate. After you, Mr. Katz? No, you first. I would feel much more safe if all of you were waiting on the other end. Very well, Astia. Primrose held her arm up. Astia held her wife's arm close to her as she turned back to face Sheldon. Don't keep your lover waiting me, I'm certain he'll be more than happy to see you. She gave one final wink to him before she walked, arm in arm, through the portal with Primrose. Morningstar and Adrian were next. Adrian was twice their typical height, standing at four foot 11, and wearing a similar suit to their boyfriend, who still towered over them, and cut an intimidating silhouette against the red shining portal. Morningstar turned down to look at his partner with a shy smile and a slight blush across his face as he held their hand. You know, I thought your joke was very funny, Adrian. Adrian nuzzled up against Morningstar's arm and sighed. Oh, you know just what to say, don't you, big guy? They walked through, leaving Sheldon alone. He stood in front of the portal and for a moment he hesitated, feeling his legs go weak until a single thought entered his mind. You don't want to be alone for the holidays again, do you? No. I don't. Sheldon stepped through the portal, not entirely sure what to expect on the other side. Maybe a river of blood here, or a gore-drenched stone temple there. Perhaps if he was sent to another circle, he'd be right. But what he got instead was a tropical paradise with streets and buildings literally paved with gold and constructed from fine purple-white marble. Palm trees swayed gently in the distance next to a pristine beach as Sheldon breathed deeply and smelled the ocean. If it wasn't for the orange wash of sundown, Sheldon's surroundings would be shining bright. But then again, perhaps sundown was the wrong word. Since the giant artificial sun was still directly above them, as if it were high noon. In front of them stood the pit of Gehenna, a golden ziggurat with a towering purple flame smack dab on its highest point. Each edge of the complex had its own trim of flame, almost seeming to contain the demons enjoying the restaurant's outdoor dining. Looks like we made it just in time to see the sun go out. We will have a beautiful view of the skyline once it does, Prim chimed. Quite romantic, is it not? Your date should be waiting for us on the top floor. Sheldon inhaled. All right. It's showtime. Katz didn't know whether a casual legal battle or a proper wine and dine was waiting on the other side of the pit's golden mahogany double doors that Morningstar held open so he prepped himself for both. As he walked inside, he could feel the sudden wall of heat that hit him. Sheldon could recognize that he was stepping into an oven, likely around 200 degrees Celsius, and likely caused by the roaring flames that each table had in its center. Prim greeted the hostess at the front counter. Good evening, Primrose Fattish von Treble, table for six. One of our party, Mammon Istjur Ansel, should have already arrived." The hostess, an imp in an elegant purple uniform, bowed and smiled. Ah, the whore of blood. Yes, please allow me to escort you to the elevator to our VIP dining area. She led them to the elevator lobby promptly. As the doors opened and the party stepped in, the hostess gave one last polite bow and wished them all a wonderful evening. Sheldon found a spot near the windows of the elevator cabin and looked out at the view of greed as they slowly traveled up the side of the ziggurat. He looked at the sparkling ocean surrounding the Golden City and tried to calm his nerves. How long had it been since he last saw Ansel? He was still in his early 30s when he was given the assignment to test SCP-738. That was one of his first encounters with the demon, prior even to the creation of Tactical Theology, when the Foundation realized that deals with devils could be done for their benefit. Would Anseel still be attracted to him now? He was in his 40s, no longer that fresh-faced lawyer with something to prove to his new employers. He had deeper eye bags now, back problems, and hair that he had to dye due to it turning grey from stress. Sheldon struggled to think of himself as any sort of Adonis or prize catch to anyone. Then, Sheldon just realized. He didn't even know what Ansel actually looks like, did he? It had completely slipped his mind to ask either Adrian or Primrose as to what form Ansel would take tonight. Sure, he identified as male, but that didn't exactly narrow down the choices any. Would a shape-shifting fallen angel even have a true form to appear in? What shape would he take then? Would he be attempting to romance some amorphous swarm of buzzing flies, some blob of infernal gray goo? For a split second, he thought of the horrifying possibility of Ansel appearing as his first year contracts professor from law school again. He shuddered and imagined embarrassment. It will be okay, Sheldon. Primrose patted him on the back assuredly. You will do yourself no favors by getting worked up. Just try and relax and take your mind off things. Sheldon sighed and leaned against the cabin walls. You're right, I can't tie myself in the knots before this date even starts. I need to think about something else. He tried his best to move his thoughts to something else beyond impending romantic disaster. He thought back to the hostess, and something she said raised a question in his mind. Primrose. What that imp called you before, the Whore of Blood. I've heard that title around you before. I don't mean any disrespect, but I'm not quite sure how to interpret that. Primrose could only tilt her head to the side. What do you mean, Sheldon? I, uh, It's the whore part, mostly." Primrose could only look at Sheldon confused, until realization dawned on her. Oh. Astia snickered under her breath. For what it's worth, me Caprula, I thought the same thing when I first met her. Well, Primrose began, a whore in hell would be something akin to a sort of royal renaissance person. A multi-talented individual at the service and betterment of others. The blood part of the title means by sword, pen, or bonds. Bonds, as in money? Well, yes, sometimes, but no, Prim stated before the elevator chimed open. I meant relationships. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, join my Discord community, hire me on Fiverr, or help support me by becoming a patron for as little as $3 a month. Regardless of tier, all patrons get early access to every single episode. The links are in the description. I don't have the talent it takes to write a skip. All I do is read. Original authors make this podcast possible. So, credit to the original author. Their link's in the description. Show them some love as well. Consider becoming a member of the SCP Wiki. Upvote their work, and maybe write a skip of your own. Maybe I'll read it here someday. You never know if you never try. The content of this podcast and content relating to the SCP Foundation, including the SCP Foundation logo, is licensed under Creative Commons ShareLight 3.0, and all concepts originate from scpwiki.com and its authors. This recording. Being derived from this content is hereby also released under Creative Commons share 3.0. I'm Grigori Carpen from Simply Creative People, the podcast where we discuss GOIs, canons, and stories from the SCP wiki. And we try to recommend things for all fans of the wiki, new and old. Look for us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Visit the show page at anchor.fm slash simply-creative-people